Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you as usual. Anyway, welcome aboard E2247. Welcome aboard E2247. Welcome aboard Peggy Lopez. She says, hey, back to Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard Ken uh, Masastaki. Paul Fleming Sr. How are you doing, my brother Paul? How are you doing, my brother Paul? And in the house as well is, brrr, is uh, Yvette Avery Herod. How you doing, Yvette? How is the voting coming along? How is the voting coming along? And of course, we have Brother Eric Hayes in the house. Anybody else in the house? Step up to the plate so that I can call you out. Step up to the plate so that I can call my beautiful people out. Melanie Keelan is here in the evening from Barcelona, Spain. As you guys can see, I'm wearing my headset now. I'm trying to see if I can get some better quality in the audio when we don't get some of that feedback, etc. You guys are going to tell me if it's working or not as far as your listening pleasure is concerned. Anyhow, folks, we have a great show for you. Uh, Peggy Lovett says that, Fleming, I sit and listen to the show while I knit. Slows me down in reading and the chat. I love to hear that you're doing some knitting as you're watching Politics Done Right. Get some of your other knitting friends to come along. Bring some more folks in for the live show right now. Most of our things are done on the on the uh, podcast, but I love the interaction that I always have with the PDR Posse and mi hermano está aquí, Jules Ray Winfield. Buenas tardes, mi hermano. Buenas tardes, El Señor Ray. Great to see you here as well. You are the one that has best used our phone system, but I'd like folks to start using it more often. 281-823-7747. 281-823-7747. If you want to tell me something and you want to voice it, it would be great to hear your voice. You know whose voice I haven't heard in a while? I haven't heard the beautiful Bridge MCP in a while. She called in a few times and maybe she's due a call in to give some, some, some kudos, some stuff to our PDR Posse. So anybody who feels like they want to address the PDR Posse, give us a call. Let's get in touch. Let's go ahead and talk. All right, Breach has some stuff already that she wants us to talk about specifically. As of today, Congressional Republicans have filed six separate impeachment resolutions targeting President Joe Biden. Of course, today isn't over yet and it's possible we'll soon see a seventh. The half dozen impeachment resolutions have quite a bit in common. They were all introduced by far-right House members. They all lack meaning, uh, meaningful evidence against a Democrat, and they are all destined to eventually fail since there's no way 67 senators will convict the president and remove Biden from office in response to a scandal that doesn't exist. So, fall since there's no... I mean, so why are so many... Our GOP members bothering, as it turns out, Representative Matt Getz participated in a Twitter space earlier this week. And in Florida, Republicans explained the entire strategy out loud uh, with the expected candor. So why are so many GOP members bothering, as it turns out? Representative Matt Getz participated in 20 years, uh, rather, uh, unexpected candor. As the New Republic summarized, Representative Matt Guess has finally said the quiet part out loud. Republicans don't have enough evidence to impeach and convict uh, Joe Biden. They just want to make him look bad enough that he loses the 2024 election. Good try, brothers and sisters. Good try. Let's see my... Oh, I think my glasses may be a bit dirty. 
that's probably why some of the words are a bit catchy. Anyhow, anyhow, that's what they're trying to do, right? All right, Eric K says, stop judging, maybe. HPD, two masked men killed during possible judging attempt, I mean, uh, jugging attempt at East End business that had been hit before. A preliminary investigation revealed the business owner was coming back from a bank when he was hit in the back of the head on, uh, uh, on Sergeant McCarthy Garcia Drive. Two masked men were shot and killed during a botch robbery in Houston, East End, on Wednesday, according to the Houston Police Department. A preliminary investigation revealed the business owner was coming back from the bank when he was hit in the back of the head. When he returned around, he saw two masked men wearing gloves and immediately opened fire. An employee came out, saw what was going on, and also fired shots at the robber. Uh, what are you trying to tell me that because this guy had a gun and he saved himself in this particular instant that we should institute policy to let laissez-faire gun laws appear? Let me give you another caveat. Do you think that if we had more restrictions on guns, those two robbers might not have had the guns necessary to execute what they're executing? I mean, there's a lot of ways to pin this stuff. The fact of the matter is we just have too many guns on the streets and those who support having unfettered access to guns are pretty much supporting the murder of our people that's all it's it's not it's not a complicated i mean i've sent the i've sent us having the ability to manufacture ar-15s a lot of children in uvalde texas would still be alive and therefore those who allow the manufacture of those guns are complicit in the murder of those kids this is not rocket science this is deductio al absurdum right that's all we're looking at deductio al absurdum all right Eric Hayes, uh, that's a conversation. Jules says, yes, you like, uh, just like an extension of your radio show in the morning. I know, I know. I want people to call in. Seven, I mean, 281-823-7747. I'd love to get, look, we get a lot of calls in the morning on my six o'clock show. Think about this. People are calling in at six o'clock, man. Today, we probably got like seven or eight different calls. Actually, we got a lot more. But they came at the end and they had to be rolled off because, again, when these, uh, when these calls come at the end, we can't quite do all we can with them, right? So that's kind of normal. Alistair Waters is here. Hello, everyone. Alistair, I know earlier in the morning, for the morning show, you were perturbed by what Mark had to say about Lina Hidalgo and, uh, and mental health and all of that. And again, you know, you would not imagine, uh, Alistair, the number, the, the, the number of people that think that and what we have to do is curve the way they think, right? A lot of them are looking at, well, look, how come Lena Hidalgo, which is a high-powered job, can go off and, and she can go for healthcare? If I had that problem, I would be thrown to the curve and, 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 and fired. And what we, where we have to change our method of thinking is to say, let's not try to bring other people down. Let's try to lift you up. You know, let's not try to take away the privileges that she has. Let's give you the same privileges. You know, some of the people that, that bask in their privilege, specifically you know whom, basking in the privilege that you think you, you, you have, right? As opposed, to start, uh, as opposed to saying, well, we want to go ahead and... Uh, what does stop jugging mean? I'm not sure what that means. Help me out there. What does jugging mean, Eric Hayes? Uh, help me out there. Anyhow, instead of us being concerned about uh, uh, bringing people down, let's lift people up. Let's force corporations, force businesses to do the same thing. If somebody has a health issue, let them go ahead and get taken care of. And for those who said, well, that is going to affect small business. Yes, it will. 
But again, where it's, it's an inordinate risk, what we need to do is institute public policy that maybe if we are demanding that small companies and all companies hold on to employees in the event that they get sick, but they, they, we don't want them to be fired, etc., we may want to then subsidize uh, private, private corporations while that person, as a part of the health insurance for that person, right? In other words, that it is like giving that person insurance so that if they get sick, they keep their job, right? And the insurance pays for their replacement while they're getting better. I mean, you can, you can create all kinds of structures to create humanity within our social structure. And people say, well, that's not efficient. No, it's not efficient. But humanity does not, does, we, shouldn't, we should not look for efficiency at the expense of humanity. And that's the thinking process that we need to change. Anyhow, let's see. Uh, Melanie Keelan, welcome. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Melanie, we got Carl Cox is in the house. He says, hello, college current technology is a nightmare. Conservative politicians, news media are a nightmare as well. There's a lot of nightmares that we have here. Bridge MCP says, for screen, witch hunt. Looks who testified. And if Bridge asked to put something on the screen, Bridge gets it. So therefore, what we are going to do is go ahead and put that on the screen, what Bridge just put out there. Hey, guys, um, like I said, I'm using this new uh, headset microphone. Is the sound good? Is are, are we making sure we don't get all that other uh, bleeding sound out? Please let me know. I'd, I'd love to hear your commentary. About the Democratic witch hunt of Trump, who testified under oath about evidence of Trump criminal activity? Vice President Mike Pence, Republican Trump, Chief of Staff Meadows, Republican. These are all the people who testified against Donald Trump. Vice President Mike Pence, Republican. Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, Republican. Mike Pence aide Greg Jacob, Republican. Mike Pence aide Mark Short, Republican. White House Deputy Chief of Staff Dan Scavino, Republican. Uh, White House speech writer Stephen Miller, Republican. Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani, Republican. Trump attorney advisor Boris Epstein, Republican. White House counsel Pat Cipollone, Republican. Homeland Security officer Ken Cuccinelli, Republican. Uh, Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe, Republican. House Speaker Newt Gingrich, Republican. Nevada Government uh, uh, GOP Chairman Michael McDonald, Republican. White House aide Nick Luna, Republican. White House Personnel Director John McEntee, Republican. Campaign Deputy Director Gary Michael Brown, Republican. Stop the Steal Organizer All Alexander, Republican. GA Secretary of State Rasvenbergers, Republican. Fake electors and multiples from multiple states, Republican. So when anybody complains about it being a setup, remember everybody who is participating in this, they are all, what again? Republicans that are speaking up against Donald Trump. Well, they're not speaking up against Donald Trump. They're just telling the truth. All right. Good, 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 good. I'm glad that maybe this is a microphone that I'll start using. I, I need to get me one that is wireless, uh, like this, but wireless. I'm working on that right now. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see how to do that. I'm still hoping that we we get more 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 support for the Chicago trip so we can pay that off. So maybe maybe I can take care of that uh, in eventually. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Bree says it sounds good. Carl Cox says it sounds great. Tom C says sounds good and mellow. I like that if it sounds good and mellow. All right. We also have Peggy Lopez who said, heard a new to, uh, heard a new to me term, exurban. Exurban mean outside of the suburban areas, but before you really get into the rural areas. 
I know suburban and not exurban. If I spell it correctly, yes, you are spelling it correctly. Uh, so that's what it really is. Uh, exurban is outside of the suburban areas, right? Uh, you know, the sub, then X, yeah. Uh, what else have we got here? Actually sounds like radio voice. Oh, well, thank you, Eric. Coming from you, my brother, that means a lot. Because you, you also have a radio voice, you know, Eric. You actually have a very, very good voice for the radio. So you should do some interviews with me so we can shoot the bull. Because, and, and why am I saying this? You come on and you do um, Ask Egberto Anything, and you can hear, you actually hear it. So, yeah, you do have a nice voice, Eric. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, now, hey, wait, Eric, I gave you a compliment. Let me knock you down now. Now, if you'll just become more liberal, brother, right? If you just become more liberal, it would be great. But, you know, we still love you. We love everybody out here. Anyhow, folks, what time is it? It's 3.17. Three more minutes before we get into the first video. But um, anything else that you guys want to talk about? Today's topic is going to be, one, investor proved that the stock market is a fraud. Number two, a caller attempted to get upset because of the way I speak about billionaires. And uh, he took exception to me saying that pretty much folks were slaves. And then uh, I, the last one was on Lina Hidalgo, who is the most powerful, uh, the most powerful person in Texas county government. Lina Hidalgo, who is a county judge, she took a leave of absence to go take care of some depression issues. And a caller called to complain, and I think we handled it well. Uh, this morning, it got one of our PDR posses upset, but I think we eventually got her in the right spot. And if you want to call and talk about it uh, right now, Alistair Waters, uh, you can call 281-823-7747. You know we're all about the PDR Posse, the PDR family. Uh, Eric says, tell Libs to become more financially responsible and maybe. Actually, Eric, um, Eric, I love that you said that because that just means that you're going to be a liberal. Just because of what you just said? Oh, you're driving, Alistair. Okay. Just because of what you said, Eric, it proves to me you're going to be a liberal. Because uh, if Rudnin was here, what Rudnin will print for you is to show you that the only times our government, the United States government, has honestly been fiscally responsible was under the tutelage of, of democratic government. I, I know you, that's not what you read, that's not what you hear, etc. They try to make it seem like Democrats are tax and spend. And the truth of the matter is Democrats are really tax and spend. Yes, we like to tax for what we're going to spend, right? But Republicans are cut taxes and spend. That is what's irresponsible, right? Because you're not paying your bills. But the tax and spend, we're taxing to spend. Republicans cut taxes and spend, which tells you which one is fiscally responsible. If you doubt me, just look at the numbers. I've also, I probably have a few blogs on that as well. I should look them up and actually give it out to you as well, if you're so interested in. 713, uh, I'm not 713, that's the morning show. 281-823-7747. Uh, Will somebody call me? 281-823-7747. Peggy Lopez just said, pure character jumping up and down saying, number one fan, I love you. Look at that number one fan showing up under the Peggy Lopez banner. Peggy Lopez, I love you, girl. Thank you for that super chat. I really do appreciate that. 
And it seems like we have Brother Ray on the line. Brother Ray, how are you doing today, sir? Mi hermano. Mi hermano favorito, ¿cómo estás? Yes, um, I was just calling to talk about Mr. Dog, you know. I remember when she was just a young candidate, about 28 years old. Yes. And it was a long shot that she would beat out an incumbent establishment Republican who actually was well-respected with Democrats. Right. And I'm so proud of her, you know, for the strides she's made as a person, as an elected official. And I feel like what you said is, is everything but right. Look, um, I know a lot of people that might feel some type of way because she took a mental health time off. But instead right. of being mad at her for taking that time off, you should be mad at your employers, at your corporate structure for not allowing that same time off. Exactly. Did you, did you hear the show this morning at all um, when, when I, I spoke to that young man, to Mark, or, or, or are you just hearing me talk about it now? Uh, I didn't catch the show this morning, so I'm just hearing you talk about it. But I got the email from okay. Lena Hidalgo's office, and I know like Rodney Ellis is the senior most member. He's right. taking over things, and I know when she was coming in, you know, he kind of showed her the ropes about what yes. commissioner's court is. So it's not like we don't have leadership. It's right. just that her position currently is uh, unoccupied while she's doing self-care. Right, and, exactly. Uh, I admire her for doing that. Oh, I do too. And, and I think it's important that... Um, and guys, thank you for telling me about the echo. I don't know how... I, I solved it, but um, I, I need to find a way that I can keep the images on the screen at the same time that we are speaking here. I'll, I'll figure that out in the long run. But um, yeah, yeah, it was... I, 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 the good thing about what I did, uh, Ray, is I taped... Or rather, I, I took a clip out of that because a friend of mine, a good friend of mine... Uh, but he's not as progressive as I am. He kind of took exception to how I handled both that call and the other call, another call that I did today on the billionaire, right? So what I did is I cut those two calls out so that my evening or afternoon audience could hear it to see what kind of critique I get from them. But interestingly, most of the critique that I got, well, actually all the critique I got except from my good friend were all positive and said, yeah, we need to have more of that kind of a talk to sort of wake people up. But yeah, Miss Hidalgo, like I said, um, by the way, both of us won the, the uh, peace, the Houston Peace and Justice Award on the same day. Uh, we, we both gave the speech on the, at the same dinner at the Houston Peace and Justice Award. And, you know, we had a good chat, etc. She's a she's a young person and a very smart person. And a lot of people give her a lot of flack, mostly because she's a woman and she's young. And it doesn't help that she's also a minority woman in a good old boy network. So, I mean, she had to suffer through a whole lot of that. And she's done a great job that she has uh, some level of depression and is taking care about it. I am happy for her because she's going to teach a lot of people who are going through that right now how important it is to take care of herself. Go ahead, Ray. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's why we need more leaders in our generation to show what a society should do when they're having issues. And, uh, and to, to the point you made about Mr. Trump, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the Republican party, um, I think, you know, 
Samuel Jackson said it best when he was talking about um, a certain industry of uh, bail bondsmen. But, you know, they're crooked as a barrel of snakes, if you can oh, yes. get that imagery in your head, you know. And, L- you know, they're, the snake is, is eating itself, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric in, in our in, in our chat here, he's big on bonds. He likes to attack the judges for the bail bond issue, right? But what he doesn't understand, and this is what I brought a judge, I brought one of the, the judges into the studio to discuss exactly this topic because of Eric. So I brought a judge in, and here's what the judge said. The judge said, look, first of all, the laws governing uh, governing bail bonds are hell, are done by Austin, right? So Austin is the one who decide what what is bondable, etc. Now, when they go to court, everybody has the constitutional right to get a bond, right? Now, the the right. the the prosecutor also has the ability to 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 convince a judge for a reason to deny them that constitutional right. Maybe they're too dangerous and all these other issues. In other words, they could be too dangerous to let out on, on the street. All of that is true. But the, the prosecutor has to come to court and make that case. If the prosecutor doesn't come and make the case and just leave it up to the judge to give what bond, what bond levels are to be given based on the crime, then that is what the judge is mandated to do. But it goes one step further. Remember you just mentioned the crookedness about the bail bond industry. You see, the bail bond industry is in cahoots with the Republican Party. The reason why the Republican Party will continue to really push for having a whole lot of bail bonds is because they are the ones who get money from the bail bonds companies, right? So the bail bonds companies exactly. work with the, with the police department or with the, the, with the judiciary departments, right, to go ahead and provide bonds. But at one time, you had to put up 10% of whatever the judge rules. So let's say it's $100,000. Somehow you have to put up $10,000 in collateral and that money is gone, but you know, you get out of jail, right? But eventually when, when, when these bond rates went up, what do you think the bond companies did? The bond companies reduced the demand deposit. In other words, as opposed to having to put up $10,000, you may only have to put up to, I mean, I, I put up 10%. You now only have to put up 5%. The judge came into my office and said, Egberto, there are some bails bonds that would do it for 1%. So if I set a bail bonds for $100,000, they can actually have it for $1,000. So here the law is saying that the law is saying you can do $100,000, but, but... The bail bonds people say, okay, we'll give it to you for $1,000. So they are in cahoots with the Republican Party. They make it look like if they're doing the right thing, they raise the, the, the bond rates, etc. But then the bonds people just go ahead and drop it. So I mean, the, the thing about it, it's so hypocritical. And for them to fool their, their, their readers, if you want to blame somebody for the people who get released and go ahead and kill again, go to Austin and tell them to change the law. And guess who rules Austin? The Republican politicians who are always on the take. Go ahead, Ray. Yeah, and I mean, when it comes to Austin, you were talking about gun issues earlier. You know, it's sad that Texas is in a place where basically we have this wild, wild west mentality. And that's why we still have this raggedy governor that we have, because there's a lot of people and there's people that I know that are not necessarily right wing that are 
you know, we're, we're nervous about the prospect of letting someone like a Beto O'Rourke, you know, take the governorship right. because they actually like the laissez-faire gun laws here in Texas. You know, yes. it's kind of a, it's a vicious cycle because the way the gun laws are set up, the dangerous people have more access to the guns. So, you know, the good people who don't have any intent on getting guns feel the need to have a gun now right. because if you don't have a gun, you're basically leaving yourself open to be a victim. And you know what is so sad it about be that way, though. You're absolutely right. And you know what is the saddest part about that? Most of those people who get guns that are going to be afflicted by gun violence will be afflicted by either them using that gun on a family member or a family member using that gun on them. That is what the statistics tells you. Most of the times, you're, you, you know, Eric showed a, a point here where a guy was coming back from the bank and two robbers came to rob him and he blew, he killed both of them. That is the exception. I mean, it's great. I'm happy for that one particular person who his gun saved him. But in the aggregate, a lot more people die because they have guns and use it against each other. I mean, a lot of the, 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 the uh, road rage that you're seeing right now occurs because people have this convenience of the gun right in their, in their car. It's a hot summer day. Somebody cuts in front of you and give you the finger, and then you get so mad and upset at this person, and the first thing you see is your gun. You take it out, and you shoot. I mean, uh, and, and it's, in, it, it's while you were in a state of... Uh, I mean, you, you're mentally incapacitated out of anger. And that's what you do because you have the convenience of the gun. You know, there are a lot of these things that occur daily and we don't do anything about it. But anything else, Ray, that you want to add before I go to the first video? You know, based on what, what we just said, I feel like if we just take a step forward, we should make gun classes mandatory, just like yes, driver's license. I agree. Everybody get a license. You have to have a class to get your license to get your gun. I agree. Period. I agree. I agree. I agree. But anyhow, it's interesting. Before you go, I want to tell you what my brother Daniel Lado just said. He says, LOL, dummy Egberto thinks that road rage is exclusive to the right wing. No, I don't. I didn't, give, I didn't, I didn't go ahead and give a, a party affiliation to who shoots with a gun. I said people who have guns. I didn't say Republicans who have guns have a tendency to kill their wives. It's people who have guns have a tendency to use it within their family structure. That is what I said. Mr. Lado. please, 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 don't try to do that. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, Ray, uh, anything else, sir? No, sir. I'm going to keep listening. And uh, hey, y'all, don't let me be the only one. This man went through great lengths to get a phone line. And I like hearing my voice, but y'all go on and call and, and, and let me give me something to listen to. I know Mr. Uh, Egberto working hard, but he don't want to be the only one talking. There you and you have that right. I love to have the interaction voice with people as well. Thank you so kindly for calling in, Ray. Okay. All right. Stay blessed, my brother. Take care, brother. Okay, Daniel Ledo. I, I have you know the good thing about this Ledo is we are on tape, right? Or or we are recorded. So therefore, you can go back and scroll the entire recording. Please tell me where you find that I said it is it is right wing Republicans or whatever who do, do all the shooting. I never said that ever 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 and if i said that it would have been wrong so first of all i know i didn't say that but if for some reason i said it out of the strut of my mouth i would come out and actually say that i was wrong but anyway folks i want you to listen to why wall street is a complete fraud 
It's a complete fraud designed for parasites. Check this out. I talk a lot about the stock market being a casino, the stock market being a fraud. And many people like to talk about the stock market being the bastion of capitalism, which it is. But uh, if the stock market is the bastion of capitalism, if, if it is the instrument of capitalism, and it is proven to be a casino. It is proven to be nothing more than a gambling machine where the people who know how to operate it, while it's while there are good times that make a lot of money, then it's great for those people. And then they create these instruments that are designed to enrich a few by making money off of money. In other words, not making money off of producing anything. And then we call it a stock market built, built on, uh, on the facade of other corporations, etc. It's a big fraud. And if you want to see it perfectly, check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Wall Street, meantime, buzzing about a jaw-dropping new bet by the investor who famously predicted the 2008 collapse of the housing market. CNBC's Dom Chu joins us now for CNBC on MSNBC. His name's Michael Burry. For folks who don't remember, he got famous for the big short. Now he's at it again. What can you tell us? So, Chris, it's not exactly a vote of confidence on where the stock market is headed, but it's not entirely clear just how negative he is on the future direction of the markets. Now, Burry has been highly followed as an investor in the markets ever since his prediction about the collapse of that subprime mortgage market, by the way, that ultimately led to the biggest financial crisis in America back in 08 and 07, 08, 09 since the Great Depression, but also because of the vast amount of money he made betting on that downturn. So when a person like that who called the last major financial meltdown is calling for another one, folks pay attention. So this is according to regulatory filings that have, they, they have to be made by America's biggest investors. Burry bought financial instruments that profit, make money, if the S&P 500 and NASDAQ 100 fall in value. Now it's unclear what those so-called put options are valued at currently or what he actually paid for them in the first place, but the notional value of the combined negative bets covers a jaw-dropping $1.6 billion in market exposure. Now, what he actually paid for that exposure could be considerably less than that. What's interesting, though, about this, beyond just that eye-grabbing headline number, that this particular disclosure talks about the bet, and it was placed, and it was at the end of June. It is not clear whether that bet is still ongoing or whether he closed it out already at a profit or a potential loss. This also is a bet that doesn't necessarily need the market, Chris, to crash precipitously for it to make money. It gives the trader the option to sell it at some time down the line, even with a, just a modest pullback in markets. So a $1.6 billion bet, so to speak, is catching numbers, but it's unclear whether or not he's actually going to wait for a massive drop in the stock market to profit fully, Chris. But Wall Street and a lot of the rest of us will be watching. Now, when somebody can make a bet, this, this guy is making a bet that the stock market is going to fall, that it's going to crash, meaning the retirement, that are the retirement accounts that are invested in these instruments, they're all going to fall. But guess what? There's an instrument created by a guy who has capital, by a guy who has money, who can take advantage of all of your money's crashing, on your retirement crashing, on your savings crashing. 
and he is going to make billions of dollars based on that bet. He's going to produce no product. He's going to produce no service. He's just going to look at the casino, the stock market, the bastina capitalism and say, oh, it's going to go down because you guys have had a hell of a rise for no, for absolutely no reason. As it falls, I'm going to profit. Stock market 101. It is a fraud. As Bernie Sanders would say, it's a business model based on fraud. Absolutely so. So think about, I, I want you guys to really think about that. This guy, he just has... billion sitting around, right? And he makes a bet. He makes a bet that the stock market is going to fall. And this is a guy who also betted that uh, we'd have the the crash the last time. And as people were going through their misfortunes, he was making a killing, right? Again, and remember this, right? This guy is going to make a killing not from producing anything. He won't create a product. He won't heal anybody. He won't save anybody. He won't go ahead and provide a service. He just has capital. He just has money. And with that money, he's going to take that money, throw it onto creating puts. That's the way you short market, creating puts. And when the market comes down, he's going to make a killing. The business model of Wall Street is fraud. It's the biggest parasitic behavior there is. And people always say, well, nobody's getting hurt from that. Of course, people are getting hurt from that. When you see the machinations of how the money flow goes, it is quite immediately understood that he will have an effect. Uh, let's see. Uh, Egberto is mad at capitalists who wants to make more money that will short well. He could be poor too if it goes. No, he, he doesn't. I mean, the $1.6 billion is play money for him. He has capital. And there are other instruments that I can guarantee you he has set up, right? There are other instruments like collars, right? You can set up a collar to minimize your loss so that you don't lose everything that you're invested. It kind of attenuates your, 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 your upside. But you could set up a collar to prevent that, right? So... No, you know, the wealthy can play around with money as they create absolutely nothing while we work. And that's what I try to explain to some of my listeners, uh, mostly on the right, that they don't get it. And by the way, there are, there are quite a few on the left that are enamored by the stock market as well. Don't, don't, don't think they're not. I mean, you take a look at all the neoliberals. They love this thing. Carl Cox says the stock market is rigged for the rich. When dividends increase, the mega rich get 90% of the dividends. When there are losses on stocks, the mega rich uh, don't lose money. Commodities market is rigged. All of it is rigged. Yeah, we do know that. Uh, Melanie Keelan says a business model based on fraud. Exactly. Uh, Peggy Lofes also says just another reason to move out of capitalism. Rich want to do away with democracy. Capitalism is not democratic. Like I always talk about China being the largest capitalist country, second to the United States only. 
Peggy Lofis says, just to not, uh, well, I read that. Eric A says, Egberto wants to use 1.6 billion for what? He lives his life uh, like, like yours, Egberto. You could do the same and give all of it to the poor. No, 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 no. I am saying he affects the market. And therefore, he has influence that is negative to the system. Uh, Daniel Ado says, while I am sure we, we cave common concerns about stock market and surely there is fraud, but it is actually based on speculation. But Marxists do uh, what Marxists do and, what, and that is lie to forward their agenda. Wow. Wow, Daniel. I just detected a commonality between us. Daniel, you try to hide it. You tried to hide it, dear Daniel. You want to agree, but you still had to give me a kick in the butt. But you wanted to agree, Daniel. I love you, brother. I love you, brother. Anyway, Eric Hayes says, Egberto, if you are so smart about capitalism, why not use it for your progressive agenda and help the poor? Actually, believe it or not, that's a good point. Eric, that is a great point. And that's what I ask my rich capitalist friends to do. Because I do have a lot of rich friends. I'm try, I, I, <laughs> I try to get them to support the program more than they're willing to do it for two reasons. Some of them don't want their name associated with anything that I'm doing <laughs> with politics done right. Even though I told them, hey, you know, you can do that on the table, right? So that you can use a 501c4 or, or, or one of these structures that, that can hide who is actually given, right? But they don't want to get into all of that, right? Eric says, you are a capitalist whether you want to or not. You live in America, you're a capitalist. No, I'm not. Bridge MCP says, Egberto Willis, I sent an FB message for you to play. I think you would like it for us. Did you get it? It's how rich men cornered Appalachia. I forgot to thank you for that. I did get it. I can't play it until I verify copyright issues with it, uh, though. I want to do it. I want to ver I, and, and I didn't have the time to go ahead and contact the the uh, author, etc. But I, I, I want to clear it from, uh, you know, I can use clips from MSNBC. They don't bother us about that at all. But there are certain people I don't want to use their clips because we could get into some very severe issues on that. So later on, I'll take care of that. Now, let's go ahead and play the one from uh, the one that from the caller who criticized Lena Hidalgo for going uh, for, for going to uh, take care of her health. We'll take that and then we'll take it on the other side. I see that Mark is on the line. Let's go ahead and bring Mark into the fold. Mark, you're on. Hello Egberto. Hello, Egberto. How are you this fine morning? I am doing fine, Mark. Talk to me. I got a couple questions. I only have a few minutes. I got to go to work, but I want your opinion on the uh, Lena Hidalgo. Why did she disappear? Well, uh, she's having issues with uh, depression, and um, so she took some time off to go ahead and get her the medical help that she needs. Okay. Do you, wait, I mean, if she's got those, I mean, the lady's in charge of millions or billions of dollars, and, you know, she just, I mean, if I did that on my job, I they'd probably tell me, well, we don't need you anymore. I mean, she needs to be held accountable. If she's going to be able to be uh, fulfill her position, as Mark, I'm glad that you said that because you, Mark, Mark, you open a very important door, and I'm glad that you said that because I'm not concerned about Lena Hidalgo having to take time off 
uh, for taking care of her health. Because first of all, no no business society or whatever is dependent on one person. When you talk, when you hear me talk about the collective, about each of us needing each other, that's exactly what I mean. And just like Lena is the head of our county, but she has a staff, a good staff that works under her. But let's talk about you, Mark, because that's more important right now. You know what you just said? You just said, Alina Hidalgo is on top of everything and she can take the time off. If it were me, I would be fired. I don't get that opportunity. Let me tell you something about crabs in a bucket. And I always talk about this with different groups. And, and, and this is what, what our economic system does to, uh, do to us, right? And it's the following, Mark. I want when Mark is on the job, if Mark had an, a mental issue, if Mark had an issue with his kid who needed his support now, if Mark had an issue with his wife who needed something now that, that precluded him from going to work, that he would not have to sacrifice his family, that he would not have to sacrifice his well-being because of an economic system that forces him to work at all costs, business first, personal stuff second. You've called Mark to open an important door, and that door is saying, we need to start thinking humanely about our brothers and sisters. I don't want Mark, if he had an issue, to sit back and believe that Oh my God, if something like what happened to uh, uh, Elena Hidalgo happened to me, I would be out of a job. So why does she get a break? I want her to get the break. But you know who else I want to get the break, brother? Brother Mark. Did I make okay, my point, my, sir? Okay, good point. I mean, I agree with that. You know, your your health should be first before your job. Correct. And, you know, but if she has all these problems, I mean, geez. I mean, she's, uh, I mean, this isn't just like a regular job. This is very. No, no, it is a, sir. Mark, I want to interrupt you here for one, one important reason, Mark. That, you see that, that kind of thinking is what I'm trying to get all of us away from. Hidalgo is the head of the county and her job is important. I don't know what you do, Mark, but if you were sweeping floors in the middle of Houston, we need you. And the thing about, look, there, I can understand why Hidalgo would make more than the person sweeping the floors. I get it. But we have to get away from what our economic system has done to us into thinking some are more valuable than the other. And that is your thought process that you just put out there. That's how we were programmed to think. I am trying to deprogram I mean, us from I, that. Let me, and, let me, let me ahead, ask you sir. this. Let me ask yes. you this. She makes very important decisions. Now, yes, does she her does. mental health, our mental health would, you know, it is going to, does it affect her decision making? That's my, you know, and who decides? And I, that's a she, very good point, sir. That is a very good point. And if, if, if that is the case, there are remedies within law and we should have remedies within law is that if she cannot do the job that she was uh, elected to do or hired to do, that she would, there would be a, a, a way for her to step down temporarily if it's a temporary situation or permanently if it's a permanent situation. So what you just said there is very important and it's something we should think about. But what I, what I don't want us to do, sir, is to, to have that thing like, well, if I, on my job, if that, if I had a, 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 a mental issue, They'll fire me. Oh my God. 
we have to get away from that thinking, brother. That's all I'm saying. Wow. So I get it's I important that you called in here and said that because I think more of America needs to hear how we should be handling the issue as far as our intersectionality between work, whether it's be governmental or private and, you know, and humanity, if you will. Anything else, Mark? Well, you know, I think my personal opinion on her is that she got elected and uh, she wasn't ready for it, for this big job. Right. I mean, I think all the um, the pressures and everything got to her. Mm-hmm. And um, no, well, let, me you it, Mark, let me just like say, that, Mark, it, Mark, it is OK to have that opinion that you don't think she was qualified. Let me just tell you this. And I don't know if you have faith in me. or You trust the words that I say or not. But I know her personally. OK. And this is a tough minded young woman. She's not a conservative like a lot of folks uh, would like her to be, the, mostly those who don't like her. She's a progressive, and she has progressive policies, and she's the one who was elected because Harris County is more of a progressive county. It is okay for you not to like her policies, uh, just like I don't like the policies of the governor, but I to solve that, I'm not. what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to get somebody who supports the policies that I support, right? So and when I say I, I mean a lot of people like me support. And actually, I would love to bring you, Mark, into the fold of uh, progressivicity because I think based on the way the things that you, you're doing, I think it would serve you well more so than not. But it's something that I would have to convince you by earning your trust. But anyway, anything else, well, my friend? It's going to be hard to change my, I'm ne- I'll probably not. I know, but you know what? <laughs> I, brother, I know, but I will never give up trying because like I said, I think the things that I believe in will be better for you and your family, but I'll have to convince you of that because ultimately it's your decision, sir. Well, I think, I think that she needs to be evaluated I mean, she, before she takes an uh, active role again. And, uh, I think it should be somebody, I mean, a doctor or something that does it that's well, non-biased. That's right. And that's where she's at, sir. That is where she's at right now, where they're evaluating her. And again, remember, she put herself in there. Again, there are a lot of people that are doing work for you right now in government and elsewhere that have serious mental problems and they're, they, they, they're just making bad decisions. And I think her decision uh, to come out, knowing that she's going to get a lot of spears from people, to do that, I think that take took some bravery, especially since her political career is on the high ascent. And to do that, she knows that that is a big thing that she's going to have to overcome based on the psychology that we currently have in America. But I am hoping that as time goes on, we change. But look, I got to go to the other call, Mark, and I do appreciate okay. you bringing this subject up. It's important, and I hope I've made a little bit of difference in your thoughts. All right, thank you, Even if it's a little bit. You take care, brother. Anyway, I, I enjoyed that conversation. Now that that is uh, that conversation got Alistair Waters a bit upset this morning because again she figured the guy was insensitive towards, um, and I understand her thought process insensitive towards um, Lina Hidalgo. And what I p- try to point out is how ingrained it is within our society to really disregard not only mental health but just health in general like this guy was pointing out oh if i got sick on the job i wouldn't get that opportunity and he's right 
a lot of jobs, if you get sick, it's to hell with you. When I look at people and I tell folks, you know, uh, slavery was rough. It was Eve chattel slavery, rough, terrible. People who looked like me got whipped, sliced. If you take a look at how somebody with my back would look, the, the whippings that I would get if I, if, I, if I said something wrong, if I upset the master, whatever, it was carnage, it was evil, it was, it was, it was just horrendous. It, it, showed a, and it showed the animal in the slave masters and his people who with them. It just showed them to be the crudest, the worst, everything that's bad, right? And, and that couldn't really last. You can't keep doing that to human beings without other human beings, including some of those who are the ones that are the aggrievers coming out and said, how can you treat another human being like that? Capitalism was the next, the, 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 the new form of capitalism was the, the, the next form of slavery as I always talk about, right? Because at least even as you, you know, people talk about the, slave, the savagery of whipping the slaves, right? But you know, there's one thing, right? The slaves had to be kept uh, in a functioning state. Because remember, they were just machines as far as the slave owner was concerned. They were just machines or breeders of machines, Right? That's all they were. Machines are breeders of machines. They had to be upkept. They had to be fed. They, all these things had to be done. Capitalism eliminates all of that. You go and you work for somebody. You go work for the corporation. The corporation pays you a salary for what you're going to do and they sell your excess, whatever excess profit you make for them, they keep. But it's even worse, right? Because what happens is eventually... Yes, let me get Alistair into the house. Uh, you're absolutely right. Eventually, after what happens is that you go ahead and uh, if they don't need you anymore or you get sick, they throw you away. When you were capital, when slave, slaves are capital, so when you were capital, they couldn't just throw you away. But the employee, they can just throw away. Alistair Water, my beautiful lady, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, brother, better than this morning. Great, I I'm glad. I definitely was calmed down by the time, you know, we got off of our call and definitely by the end of the show. But I also wanted to point out, I'm, I'm getting back on the Lena Hidalgo button. Bandwagon. Yes. yes. That sweet woman that was not diagnosed with depression until recently. Mm -hmm. And people can go through life without ever having a diagnosis. And then if a diagnosis happens later on in life, it can rock your world. Mm -hmm. And she went through a big ordeal. She lost her dad earlier mm -hmm. this year. And her grandma. So that could have been the catalyst to trigger the depression symptoms to come forward and for her to say, whoa, What's going on? This is not kosher. Mm -hmm. Yes. So she's not a frail little flower. If she's gone this long, you're born with depression. Mm -hmm. Now, whether it manifests or you're able to push, push through the symptoms because they're not as severe as others, or sometimes they get severe. That's the thing with mental illness is that there's no rhyme or reason. But it's definitely something you can't just buck up and or rub some dirt on it mm -hmm. to, to make it feel better or go away. Right. You have to have intervention. So I am so proud of her for using her voice and her platform 
and bringing attention to mental illness and knowing that she was going to get slammed. Mm -hmm. That shows a strong human being right there. So she's definitely not a wilting flower by any means. So everybody needs to just realize that kind of stuff. Alistair (laughs) and... That's all... Alistair, wait, don't leave yet. Let me just say, and I think one, okay. I, I think, I think what you did was a great service for um, both. I, actually, let me, let me change that. Uh, both Mark and you did a great service this morning because what happens is there's, I think most of the people still think like Mark did, but by having Mark yeah. brave enough to come on, on air and really lay it out there and say it, and then you coming yeah, on to po- and you coming on to point out some realities. The people that are listening get a chance to hear these things. If we don't have it in the closet. Yeah. We we talk about it. And you know, like I said, Mark is not a it, bad guy. It, I speak to him; he's not a bad guy. I know he upset you this morning, and justifiably so. It, but it again, just hit a nerve. It hit a nerve. I know. I know. It hit a I nerve, know. But, and and I am grateful that he did call. Mm-hmm. I, I am. I absolutely am. And like like you just said, I am hopeful and optimistic that the dialogue that he and you had and the dialogue that you and I had can help enlighten people. It did. It, I, 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 I can tell you, when I, when, I, when I told you that this morning, I meant that it did. It absolutely did. And that is why we talk, right? And that is why all of us talk, who were irrespective of ideology and that sort of stuff. Some people make believe like they, you know, my brother Ledo comes on here and he gives us hell a lot of time. But you know what? He's a part of the family and he knows, you know, sometimes he just wants to kind of give us hell. But again, again, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. But thank you very much for calling, my dear lady. Hey, absolutely. And everybody, y'all stay safe, blessed, and Enjoy any cool you have. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The, hey, finally they are coming to fix my. Hey, hey, Alistair, they're finally coming to fix my air tomorrow, so I'm happy. <laughs> oh, thank God! Thank Abs- God! I'm still I- waiting for the AC guy to fix my van. So I hear you, girl. Yeah, I hear you. I hear. We, we'll talk. Thanks for calling. Hey, you have a wonderful rest absolutely. of your day. Y'all have a good one. All right. Take All care. All right. Bye bye. I got two calls today on the internet show. I love it. Bruce, this, by the way, folks, do remember that uh, as I, you know, I see Bruce is, on, is in, the, in the chat. Bruce is the one who told me, hey, Berta, go get the damn thing and put it together. And <clears throat> like I said, you guys run this show. So when Bruce said it, I did it. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Daniel Ledo says, May- oh, that's a conversation with May Wood. But I think, I thought he had something here. He said, Egberto, if you move, you can almost have it all. But what is the fun uh, fun in obtaining your agenda? The excitement is ruining the state, not moving. Uh, <laughs> not ruined to a ruined state. Am I right or am I right? No, Ledo. How can you say that when the reality is that the red states are the beggar states? If, if it were that the red states had the most educated people, if it were that the red states had the best health care, if it were that the red state had the best forms of uh, the best forms of employment, if all those things were true, I would say, yeah, I probably, you know, you would be right that I could have it all if I just, but I mean, that, that I'm ruining the state. But no, Ledo, two things, in, in this case, these things are in fact mutually exclusive. So no, brother Ledo, 
that's not the case. But anyhow, folks, we are at the end of the show. I had one more video to show you. Uh, you can go ahead to the show notes when I put it together later on and check out the last video about that I talked about slave and corporations. But in the interim, I want to ask all of you that can right now to please go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, that is a, a that is one way in which you can support what we're doing here. We re we really do need your your support. Uh, just go ahead and go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter and please become a, a, a member of our newsletter. And if you want to help us in any form whatsoever, there are a lot of different ways in which you can support this program. You can support this program by going to politicsdoneright.com slash support, politicsdoneright.com slash support, and it gives all the different options that you have to support this program so that we can go on doing this. So uh, we're in Fun Drive at KPFT, and we are always in Fun Drive here at Politics Done Right on, uh, on at 3 o'clock. So please support us however you can. Thank you so kindly, Peggy Lopez, for your for your contribution earlier with your super with your super chat uh let's see what else we got here uh again support us at politicsandright.com support or go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter it's very inexpensive like getting politics and write a coffee a month or so uh that would be very helpful in keeping us uh, doing this i need if we could get hundreds of people to do that to just subscribe to the uh, to the newsletter and the podcast and these different things we could really, uh, I, I could really start looking into hiring a few people to really make this stuff even better. Politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Um, we are at the end of the show. Let me read the last thing from Daniel Ledo. He says, these rich men north of Richmond, Lord knows that all just want to have total control, want to know what you think, want to know what you do. And they don't want think you know, but I know that you do because your dollar ain't you know what? And it's taxed to no end. Cause Richmond up north of Richmond. I mean, it makes a good, good poem, but that's about it. It's not really true. Anyway, folks, please support the, the program. Go to politicsandright.com slash support or subscribe to our newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.